0: Well, good evening, Rocky Peak. It's uh, great to see you here, and uh, I know they're setting up chairs still, so if you're coming in, we're, we're looking out for you. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, I wanted to, uh, before we go into time of teaching, by the way, my name's Michael and I'm one of the pastors, uh, but before we go into our time of teaching, um, I just got a, a text uh, during worship uh, from our bookstore that we only have 14 copies left of Purpose Driven Life, so I began sending my own texts, and so we're making, um, So we'll get some more for next week, but there actually is an assignment for this week, and uh, so as we speak, we're uh, making just kind of down and dirty copies of that section for this week, and we'll have them at the starting point uh, for you afterwards, so if you're one of the slackers that has waited... To the very last moment to buy your book. Uh, we've got you covered. And then we'll have more uh, next week. Now, before we go into teaching, a couple more things I just want to share. Just cool things, year in things, start of year things is that, uh, first of all, I just want to thank you for your amazing generosity once again. Uh, as we ended the year, we ended the year kind of blew past our budget goal, uh, blew it out of the water. And um, so thank you just so much for that, and also uh, for our generosity initiative. We're going to be partnering with African Renewal, uh, the, the university over there, to, uh, to build this athletic field that's going to open up just sharing Christ with so many more people because of the national exposure, because of uh, the TV and the sports field, uh, that we've raised $135,000 so far for that. And um, so we're really, uh, really excited about that. And so just thank you once again for listening and following, um, because as we do, then together we can advance the kingdom, amen? So that's great. So uh, we're going to go, oh, one more thing on that. Uh, it's just, um, that is just that I will give you sort of a year-in kind of financial update and then the 2020 budget. Um, that uh, not this Friday, but a week from Friday, I'll send you an email, and that'll prepare us at the end of the month, we're gonna kick off the year with the night of worship and prayer. So the very last Sunday of this month, and it's, it's we call these special services, that we do several times a year, we call them encounter services. At this particular encounter, we'll also just do a quick, like a 10-minute, introduce Elder Kennedy's kind of vote on the budget, be a very uh, small part of that. Uh, But I want to make sure that you're aware of that because we want to kick off the year big with worship and prayer, just asking God to lead us this year as a church. Amen. Amen. God bless. Okay, so here we're going to go. Uh, we're going to pray. Uh, inside your, uh, your program is a green and white message note sheet that we use every week uh, for our time of study. But, uh, you know, you, if you're new here, you may not know that. So I want to encourage you to take that out so you'll be ready. And then if you're all ready to go, I'm ready to jump in. You guys ready to go? Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for your, your work in our lives. And thank you for your epic vision uh, for our lives as we're going to be talking about today. So, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be thick in this place. Father, I pray that he would hover over this place as the Spirit of God hovered over the waters at the beginning of creation and that you would call forth beautiful things and that you would speak and you would lead and you would guide and you would open our eyes to these amazing truths that we're going to be looking at today in a way that would truly transform us and lead us to discovering the purpose we were created for. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Well, our story starts today, uh, late at night. And uh, the kids have gone to bed. The family's all asleep. The lights are turned down low. And this is one of his favorite times of the day. It's been an amazing day. And then they all got together for the big dinner And uh, the food was delicious. The conversation was great. The love was thick. Um, But now everyone's in bed. And now it's his time. He loves these times at the end of the day where he gets to be alone with his God and just reflect on life, spend some time in prayer. And in this particular night, his mind, for whatever reason, is Going back over his life long, long ago, the crazy adventure he's been on from the time he was young, no one could have seen it was coming. No one could have predict- predicted this trajectory of his life. And in times like this, it just blows them away. There is no question that there's been time of danger and intrigue, but, but the, the banner over his life is blessing. And he knows he doesn't deserve it. He knows it's not because of his goodness, it's because of God's goodness in his life. And on this night as he sits there in the soft light of the evening, thinking back, like so many times before, a tune, some lyrics begin to come. And he reaches for his tablet once again to write his next song. Well, today, we are kicking off uh, a brand-new series. We've been talking about it forever. It's finally here. It's called Serving Sacrificially, Discovering Your Purpose. And I'm I'm really excited about this series. If you're brand-new here at Rocky Peak, what a great time to be joining us at the start of a new year, but also the start of a new series. And uh, a little background in this series, this series really kind of flows out of our vision statement as a church. So without even looking, my guess is that many of you at least can, can recite by memory the opening line of our, our vision statements, right? So let's try. So our vision is what? To unleash, to unleash a movement of passionate Christ followers, right? And, uh, and there on your note sheet, if you think of this vision, we, we've... Um, we kind of break this down. We want to describe what a passionate Christ follower looks like. And uh, we've used four phrases there that, that describe four key marks of a passionate Christ follower. And the first two really flow out of the teaching of Jesus. Uh, you'll, you'll remember this, that Jesus was once asked by a religious leader of all the laws in the Old Testament, the law of Moses... And there were 613 of them. Um, of all the laws, which is the most important? Like if there's just like one you want to keep, one you don't want to break. Like what is the most important? And without batting an eye, you know, Jesus, he just knew his Bible so well that uh, he went right back to Deuteronomy chapter 6. One of those famous passages for Jewish people in the Old Testament. And he said, that's, that's easy. The number one priority is you would love the Lord your God with all your hearts, and all your soul, and all your mind. He said and on top of that, the second one, you didn't ask, but number two is that you would, Leviticus 19, you would love your neighbor as yourself. And then he said this, he said, all the rest of the law and the prophets, so there's a whole Bible, is really just a footnote, an explanation of what that means to love God and love people and so when we think of being a passionate Christ follower here the first two marks is that we pursue God that he will be our, our first love he that, that our top priority in life the way I like to put it is my top priority in life is to know him to love him and to please him Amen. and then out of that flows the second priority we have learned to love our neighbor as ourselves, as Jesus would later say, love one another as I have loved you. But if you stop and think about it, if you're going to live a life of love where you love God and you love people, that's going to lead naturally to Mark number three and four. We're going to serve sacrificially and share the message of Jesus. Like what greater love is that to help people get reconnected to their creator? So if you've been here the last couple years, you know that we've done series, we did a series called Pursuing God uh, 101, and we did a series um, that was called Loving People, Doing Relationships a Whole New Way. And so as we kick off this new year, we want to do a series that focuses on this third mark of a passionate Christ follower, which is serving sacrificially. And what I want to do as we kick off this series today is start with uh, kind of the big picture vision for this series, kind of the heart behind this series. And so there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called Serving Sacrificially, God's Epic Vision. So let me give you uh, let me give you the, the vision for this series in a nutshell. Um, you'll hear this probably every week. You know how I, how I start every week kind of for new people. Hey, here's what this series is about. So you'll hear this over and over again. So if you don't feel like taking notes, just relax. You'll hear it nine more times. (laughs) Um, But the big picture vision is what we're going to see today is that God has a vision, an epic vision for all creation. And that when we come to Jesus, when we become a follower of Jesus, we discover that we have been chosen before time not only to be forgiven for our past and not only to be adopted into his family for now and forever, but that we have been chosen to play an important role in God's epic vision to bring all of creation healed and restored under the leadership of King Jesus. And catch this, on top of that, That he has been shaping you and shaping me our whole lives to carry out the specific purpose that we were created to fulfill. And so, what I want to do today is I want to start as we kick off this series by looking at three powerful passages of scripture two from the New Testament, kind of the second half of our Bible, one from the Old Testament that, that kind of help us understand this epic vision and our part in it. So uh, what we're going to do is you look there on your note sheet, you'll notice you have three passages of Scripture. Now, if you're new here at Rocky Peak, you will not know this, but normally at this point in the service, I would say, so if you have your Bibles or you have your apps, let's open up, let's turn them on, and we're going to dig in, right? But But here as we kick off the new year, because we're going to be kind of jumping around in our Bible more in this series than normal, but also because I, I anticipate we'll have uh, so many new people that may not be as familiar with their Bibles, that for this first series, um, we're just going to go through and print the passages most week, just to make it very simple, uh, faster and simple. And then by the time we hit uh, Easter, we'll, we'll be ready to take off, right? <laughs> so... Um, so here we go. So the first passage there on your note sheet is from um, the New Testament letter to the Ephesians. So this letter is written by uh, one of the key leaders of the early movement of Jesus. His name is Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul. He's writing to a group of Christ followers that are uh, around the ancient city of Ephesus. Now, Ephesus was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire. It's amazing. In fact, I've been to Ephesus. You can still see the huge amphitheater there. It's just amazing. And, uh, and so, many people had come to Jesus in and around Ephesus. And so, Paul is writing him a letter. And he starts this letter with this uh, big picture, epic vision of what God is up to. And so, we're going to walk through this, all right? So, uh, this is in the New Living Translation to make it very easy to follow. So, It starts off, even before he made the world. So even before God made the world, so we're gonna go back prior to Genesis 1, right? Before Genesis 1, before he made the world, God loved us. Uh, And of course, the us here are are these followers of Jesus who've come to Jesus. He says, God's loved us. And catch this, what's the next word? He what? Okay, can you circle that, right? Circle that. Uh, So he chose us in Christ and he chose us to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Now, of course, this has nothing to do with us because I don't know about you, but I'm not without fault in his eyes, right? You're not. And so this is about Jesus and what he did for us in forgiveness. But He chose, So he chose us before time to forgive us is what he's saying, right? So before there was any part of this creation, God knew you. And God chose you, and He chose to forgive you, and to bring you a relationship. Now, does that sound epic? Yeah. yeah. So, what? What the? Can I tell you something? What the Bible says in this passage is so big, I have a hard time believing it at times. I, I don't know about you, but there's times where you just go like, "That is so big. That is almost like too good to be true." I don't know about you, but it's like I have to go back and let the Holy Spirit speak again. Yes, it is true. Because it's so big, it's hard to get your hands around. And we'll come back to that later. But he goes on and he says, God decided in advance, so again, before creation, to adopt us into his own family. So not just to forgive us, but to adopt us by bringing us to himself through jesus christ this is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure so we as we as christ followers we praise god for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son he's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son that's that's how forgiveness came about and he forgave our sins He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. And now God has revealed to us, talking about uh, to Paul as this uh, apostle of Jesus and his team, God has revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Now, uh, catch this. What does Christ mean again? Messiah, Messiah, right? This is important. We often think that Christ is Jesus' last name. Right, right. first name Jesus, last name Christ. You know, Um, but Jesus is his name; Christ is his title. Now, because as the name of Jesus goes out into the Greek world, people begin eventually using it like his last name. Right, but the word Christ is the Greek; is it comes from the Greek word Christos, uh, and Christos is the Hebrew is is the equivalent of the Hebrew of Mashiach or Messiah, which means the anointed one, or is often used to talk about the great king. So when you see Christ, we're talking about the great king that was promised to come from the line of David. So he says that God has revealed to us his mysterious will regarding King Jesus, Christ, Christos which is catch this, Which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan, okay? This is the epic plan that at the right time, talking about in the future, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and earth. That this is the plan that God is going to bring all things in this broken world in the heavenly realm where there's spiritual warfare going on and rebellion on earth that's a rebel race, that the plan is that in the future he's going to bring all things, all heaven and earth healed and restored under the leadership of King Jesus. That is the epic vision. And when you came to Jesus, you were chosen to play an important role in that epic vision amen now is that big or what yeah so let's keep going it gets better so he says furthermore you know what but wait there's more Uh, Uh, because we're united with christ we have received an inheritance from god what he's talking about is this future world that's coming after all things are brought together in heaven and earth, and, the new, and heaven meets earth, and we have a new creation, he says, as followers of Jesus, we're forgiven for our past. We've been adopted into his family now, but as his sons and daughters, we are going to inherit this future that's coming. And he said, because he, what's the next word? For he, what? He chose, let's circle it. He chose us in advance. And he makes he makes everything work out according to his plan. So isn't that beautiful? This when I, when I talk about the epic vision, we often use that language here, right? God's epic vision, and, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. It's not like I don't know what other word to describe this. That this that that the Creator God has an epic vision for all creation. It centers around. His son, the Christ, the king, and his vision is to bring all of heaven and earth, healed and restored, underneath the leadership of King Jesus to bring the new creation. And when you came to Jesus, he didn't just forgive you. He didn't just adopt you. He chose you to play an important role in bringing heaven to earth, which is why he taught us to pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, So that's passage number one. That's what I call the macro vision, right? That's the wide-angle lens. That's the zoom-out drone view of God's vision, right? Now that we've zoomed out, let's zoom in. In the next passage, we're going to zoom in in His vision for your life. We've seen how big He is, a, a vision for all creation, Now we're going to zoom in, and we're going to see his vision for each of our lives. And the passage that we're going to be looking at there is uh, Psalm 139. But before we look on it, this is a psalm of David. and This takes us back to the story that we started the day with. And we started the day with a story of this man who has had this amazing day, uh, had this beautiful dinner with his family, but now everyone is asleep. He's reflecting back on his life, the twists and the turns, who could have ever guessed? And as he, as he reflects back, he begins to hear like a tune begins to come to his mind, and lyrics begin, and he reaches for his tablet. This is sort of my hypothetical reconstruction <laughs> of the writing of Psalm 139. Of course, we don't really know when he wrote 139. We know he wrote it. Um, but you know, uh, David was a songwriter. You may not know, the psalms were actually songs. And he was called Israel's uh, sweet singer. He was like the top, he was not just a king, he was a rock star, right? (laughs) Um, And so that's that's a powerful, if if you want to go big, I'd recommend that, be the king and a rock star uh, at the same time. Anyway, uh, and so, in, in this psalm, David is reflecting back on his life, and he has quite the life, right? It's, he's a, he, he goes from the pasture as a shepherd boy uh, with no future to the palace to be the king of Israel through an amazing uh, life of twists and turns, often very dangerous, and as he looks back, he can see God's hand on him, and so David's story is unusual, but the principle is not. He's, te- he's writing this story because it's our story. The same things that David writes in this psalm, Jesus will one day teach about a God who knows every hair on her head, about when you pray, you don't need to go into, to go on and on because your father knows what you're going to say before you say it. And so here we get, if, if Ephesians 1 is zooming out, big picture, uh, Psalm one thirty nine is zooming in uh, to our life, each of our lives, and so I put it there again in the uh, New Living Translation. I've excerpted out certain; it's not the entire psalm, but um, so he starts off, "O Lord." And of course, we see all caps uh, for Lord. What's that mean? Yeah. yeah so, if you're new here, uh, that uh, when you see in your Old Testament, the first half of your Bible, you see Lord in all caps. That's the translator's way of telling you this is the personal name of God, Yahweh. And so he says, Yahweh, this is David speaking. He says, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. I love how uh, the New International translated kind of more literally, but he says, uh, you've searched me and you know me. Like, you've, like with, with a floodlight, like a flashlight, you've searched through the, the crooks and the crannies of my soul. You know me. And that's comforting, isn't it? Feeling like God knows us. And he said, uh, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit up and when I stand down. And this is a way in Hebrew poetry that you, desc- you describe like the beginning and the end, which is a way of saying you know everything in between. So you, you, you know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. Uh, in says when I go out, when I come back. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, Yahweh. You go before me. You follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge, you know, that this, this intimacy with me, how well you know me, it's too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. It's like I can't even really take it in. He says, you, you made me. And so now he goes back to the start of his story in his mother's womb. And, and we're going to see here just kind of a sidebar why life is so precious and needs to be protected at every stage from conception on because, because God is with us. He's creating us. And he says, so you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship, it's marvelous how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, talking about the womb, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. And then catch this, you saw me before I was born. What do we see in Ephesians before we were born? You saw me before I was born, and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know me before I began. You know how it ends, everything in between. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them they outnumber the grains of sand. And so so if Ephesians 1 zooms out, Psalm 139 zooms in. And he says, let me tell you, this is who God is. He is so big that he knows each of us intimately. He, he knew where you were going to be born. He knew you before you were born. He's been with you every step of the way. He's around you. He's above you. He's behind you. He knows what you're thinking. He loves you. He's thinking about you all the time. He was there from the beginning. He knows how the story is going to end. And every day along the way, he is with you. He is constantly thinking about you. And he is, uh, you, you can never begin to imagine how big he is or how close he is to you. So so and. Ephesians 1, we zoom out, big picture, cosmos, right? Epic view. Now we zoom in and we look at his specific plan. Now, one more passage, and we're going to go back to the New Testament. In fact, we're going back to the same uh, exact letter we started with, the letter of Ephesians. And we get to chapter 2. Remember, in chapter 1, this is where we learn that we've been chosen before time uh, to be forgiven, to be adopted to be part of God's family, he's got a future plan for us. Um, and so he's gonna build on that in chapter two. And in chapter two, he says, for we, as Christ followers, we are God's workmanship. Now this is an interesting word. The word in Greek is the word "poema," and it's where we get our word poem from. Now poiema doesn't mean poem, but you get a sense of it. It's a, it's a creative word. It's like we're, we're God's creation. We're his workmanship. We're his project. So when a person comes to Jesus, we've been chosen before time, it's like the new creation takes place in that person's life. Do you remember what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5? If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The new creation. The, the old creation is passed away. The new creation is coming. It's started. And so Paul uses similar language here. And he says that we are God's workmanship or his project. He made us. We're created. See that creation language. We're created in Christ Jesus. But Kenchus, we're created for a purpose. And what is that purpose? To do good works. Now, he's not talking about walking little old ladies (laughs) across the street. Not that that isn't a good work, and not that there may be a time and a place to do that good work, but he's, he's talking about something much bigger, that God has a plan, this epic plan to bring all of heaven and earth under his, the, the, the leadership of the, the, the king, healed and restored, and that when he chooses us, we're not just chosen to be forgiven and adopted and have an amazing future, but he chose us in advance to carry out part of this plan, to work along with, to partner with Jesus to bring the kingdom of the heavens to earth. And so he goes on to do good works and catches, which God prepared in advance. Did you catch that? In advance. It's not like when you come to Jesus, uh, God turns to uh, Gabriel and says, wow, I never saw that one coming. I didn't think they would ever come. What are we going to do with them? I don't know. I never saw this coming. Uh, uh, I don't know. Let's figure it up. Get Michael in here. You know, let's, let's put, put together an angelic committee. We got to figure out what to do. No, it's not like that. It's like you're chosen before time. And when you're chosen, you're chosen for a purpose. And what that purpose is, is determined before time. And so that's what this series is about. This series is about embracing this epic vision that God has for your life and my life and exploring together what it means to be a follower of Jesus and how he has shaped you and I uniquely over the course of our life to carry out the specific assignments that he has for you that we could join Jesus together. And here is a church to join Jesus in his epic movement to bring all of heaven and all of earth under his leadership, healed and restored. Now, this leads to a couple questions. And so there on your note sheet, you have a section called Serving Sacrificially, Two Key Questions. And so as we kick off this study... In the series, um, I want to ask you just two important questions. Uh, The first question goes like this. And the answer may seem obvious to some of you, but I promise it isn't. You're just (laughs) self-deceived. Number one, here's the question number one. Do you believe the story? Do you believe the story? So we just spent a significant amount of time unpacking the story the Bible is telling us. Would you agree with me it's a big story? Would you agree with me it's an epic story? The question is, do you believe it? And I think if we're honest, it's not always easy to answer that. Because if we believed it, we would live our lives differently. You can tell what a man or woman believes, not by what they say, but by what we do. And so the question do you believe it? I've laid out an epic vision the Bible gives us. Amazing God working to bring all of heaven and earth, restored under the leadership of King Jesus. You're chosen, I'm chosen not just to be forgiven, not just to be adopted, not just to spend eternity, but to join Jesus in his epic movement to bring all of heaven and earth restored and that he has been shaping you and he has been shaping me my entire, our entire lives for this. And the question, do you believe it? And here's the thing, I don't always believe it. I want to believe it, And there's times when I believe it, but there are times it is so big and so epic, it's like, really? (laughs) Because what just happened in my week doesn't seem real epic. (laughs) And the people around me don't seem super epic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In fact, there's times when my life seems more mundane than epic. So here's the thing. It's one thing to believe the story the Bible is telling us with our head. It's another thing to believe it with our heart. This is really true. But here's what I can tell you. The more that the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to the truth of what we're saying, the more we are transformed. Transformed. And the more we are inspired and the more we lean into our life calling and the more God does in us and through us because we are beginning to understand who we are and who God is and what is at stake. And that is powerful. Just getting even a glimpse of that is life changing. And so the question I want to ask you is like, let's not give the easy Christian ease. Of course, I'm a Christian. I believe the Bible. Yes, I get that. But I'm asking something more. I'm asking, what do you really believe about who God is and who you are and how your relationship works and what is the purpose of your life? And my prayer is that through this series, God rocks our world and that he wakes us up and we begin realizing how much unbelief we have that would wake us up to have real belief, that would really shake us and inspire us and motivate us to press on to the things that are most important and create a hunger to say, God, if this is true, then what did you make me for? Because I don't want to waste my life on things that don't matter when you created me to do something amazing, something that is going to be part of your eternal plan that's going to last forever, that we will enjoy forever, that we will celebrate forever, that we will rejoice forever because together I got to work with King Jesus and help bringing his kingdom to earth. Amen. Amen. And so here's what I would encourage you to do. If you feel like me at all, I mean, this, this is why, but quick sidebar here, this is why for me, my time alone with God is so precious. Amen. Because I'm telling you, it's those times alone with God that center me. Amen. And he reminds me who I am and what's at stake and who he is. And without that, I would forget it all the time. Think of it in your own life. For example, think of someone you love. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's your children. Do you ever find that you get so busy you forget what's important? Do you ever find, like with your own, and there's, you have those moments, say, with your children, all of a sudden you realize that what's taking. You say, what am I doing, running so hard, doing this, not investing in these kids? This is what I work for. And at those moments, life gets clear, doesn't it? And you see what's important. It's not that it wasn't important all the time. It's just that you lost sight of reality. And as followers of Jesus, this is why that time alone, it's it's why being here together as a church, it's why being in fellowship in our life, it's why our time alone is so important because at these times, it's when we get clear on who we are and who he is and what life is about. And without those times, I don't know about you, without those times, I would get distracted. And so every day, every day, I'm going to spend time with him and get clear at the start of my day on who he is, who I am, and what does it look like to seek first the kingdom today as if it's the only day I have. Now, that's the first question. Do you believe his story? And I think this is where we need to begin, that we need to go before the Holy Spirit. You need to go before the Holy Spirit. I need to go and say, we we need you to open our eyes. If these things are true, we need to see them. And that comes through supernatural revelation of the Holy Spirit as he opens our eyes to see the truth of what's there. The, The second question I have is, will you take this journey? So we're about to to embark on a journey, a 10-week journey. And I promise you, every step of this journey is carefully planned. Every stage of this journey is carefully planned. And so every week, we're going to start here together as a church. And we're going to take the next stage of the journey. And then you're going to go home. And you're going to download the study that we're writing that goes in conjunction with this series and you're going to spend some one-on-one time with god exploring it more reflecting more and then we're going to come together in our small groups and we're going to share with one another what are we learning what's god showing us what what's happening in this and so I describe this approach when we, we do these series together. We write our own study, and all of our life groups do them. I describe it like the diagram there on your note sheet the th- three legged stool approach, where we have uh, kind of large group uh, gatherings. We've got the small group gathering, our life groups, and the one on one time. And what we've found over the years is there's tremendous synergy when we're doing the same topic on the weekend, same topic. Uh, one-on-one, same topic in our small groups. But it only works if we invest in the journey. So you say, well, what would it look like to take the journey? What do you mean by that? Well, here's what it looks like. Number one, it means you show up here. Every week builds on the previous week. It's just the way it is. Um, And so uh, it means you're going to show up here. Now, if you have to be out of town... Uh, you, for, you're sick or whatever, then follow along. Um, do uh, follow us on YouTube. I can watch watch the show on YouTube. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, listen on uh, iTunes. But you don't skip a week. You don't skip a week because every week's building on the other weeks. Um, so it means first of all, you you show up and you you take in the large group teaching. Secondly. It means that you uh, invest in your kind of one-on-one time with God on this topic, that you you uh, go online to the Serving Sacrificially uh, website that we've created, and you download for that, that week, and you really, you engage. You, you read from the purpose-driven life that we've run out of, um, <laughs> that you... Uh, that you do the scripture, that you reflect, you 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 answer the questions, you really invest in that time, and then third, that you go to your life group and you really participate in that and you share what you're learning. Now, uh, let me say this: even if you're not in a life group uh, for whatever reason, you can't be or you don't want to be, whatever. Here's my challenge: is that hey, go on the journey with us. Uh, go to the website get the book, do the journey, it will be so much richer, right? So this is is the way it's going to work, that we will, um, we're going to post every Thursday night the next week's study. So every Thursday night, you can get it. Now, the way this is designed is just like a regular life group study that we would write. So in other words, uh, normally our life groups are designed so that you come here, and you hear the message, and then you download the message, and you do the message after you've heard that. And that's the way it's designed. And so, like, this is, you know, message one, and you download week one, and you go to your first life group. They all work together. Right. Um, but we realize that some of you are in life groups that will be meeting um, very early in the week. Like, maybe you're in a Sunday night life group. Um, or a uh, Monday life group, or Tuesday life group, and you say, I'm not sure that's enough time for me to get it all done, so here's what I would suggest. If that's you, it's simple. You can go ahead and you can access the new lesson on the Thursday night, and you can do the work. You can study the scripture. Um, you can read the selections from Purpose to You can answer those questions. So that probably 80% of the study can be done before you hear the message, and then you'll only have a little bit to do uh, after you hear the message, right? So uh, these studies, you say, well, uh, you know, how, you know, how much time will they take? Well, um, that uh, the way we're writing these is that um, I would expect for most people, it's going to take between uh, maybe an hour to two hours a week to do the study well. So uh, for those of you who've been here the last couple of years, we've, this is like the fourth time we've done a study all together. So you'll remember we did, we did Rooted, and we did Pursuing God, and we did Loving People. And those were all written on a five-day-a-week format because we were trying to help you de- de- uh, devise a kind of rhythm of relationship when you're in your relationship with God. Um, and, and each day was designed for 30 to 60 minutes, and sometimes it even took longer. This will not be like that. This is not a five. This will be much easier Um, and so, um, but it will probably take a little bit longer than like a normal life group thing, right? So, so, uh, the question that I have for you is, will you take the journey? Here's what I'm saying, that what we're going to be seeing is that God has an epic vision for your life. The question is, do you care enough to invest in finding out what it is? And if you don't, it's like, yeah, I'm too busy to find that out. Well, then okay. You know, um, I'm just glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> but we're really trying to help you discover God's vision for your life, right? And so the question is, will you invest in that process? You know, do you care enough to invest finding out, you know? Or do you want to waste your life? Uh, Hey, no right or wrong answer here, just uh, just, just throwing out the alternatives. Uh, by the way, uh, this week uh, is a very important week because we're starting life groups, right, tomorrow night, and uh, so week one is always our covenant and potluck night, and that's a very important night. We come together, we share a meal, we talk about the session we talk about the commitments we're making to one another to, to attend every week and to do this study and to uh, come prepared. And a very important night. But I want you to catch this. Uh, I don't want any excuses here. That week one, there is a lesson. Yeah. All right? So it'll be a brief lesson, but it's a very important lesson. Because it really kind of dovetails with what we were learning tonight in the Scripture. So I want to make sure you know that when you go this week to your life group, don't show up and go, Oh, really? This happens in my, by the way, in my life group every time. Really? I didn't know there was a lesson. It's like, guys, there's a lesson every first time, you know? <laughs> All right. So two questions. Two questions. Do you believe the story? It's a very serious question. It's not a simple question. It doesn't have a simple answer. It's says, no, really. I I don't mean just theologically. (laughs) I don't mean on an exam, do you believe it's true? No, I mean really, do you believe what the Bible's telling you about who God is, who you are, and this epic vision you're created to carry out? And then secondly, are you willing to take the journey to explore that, to really seek God and say, God, I want to understand, is that true? And what does it look like? What kind of person do I need to become to carry out that vision? And how have you uniquely shaped me over the course of my life so that I can partner with you in bringing the kingdom of the heavens from heaven to earth? Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we're excited to kick off a new season, a new series, a new study. But most of all, Lord, we're excited about you, and we're excited about who you are, this God who loves us, who is pursuing us, who knows us better than we know ourselves, who's closer to us than the air we breathe, the one who's chosen us before time out of your grace and mercy to rescue us, to redeem us through Christ, to forgive us to fill us with the gift of your spirit and to call us to join you in really an epic an epic mission that you have chose for us in advance before time began and so pray we pray god that you would give us uh the holy spirit we pray you open our eyes to see these truths that they would grip us uh, not just superficially but grip us at a heart level that would transform us and give us a passion for you a passion for others, and a passion to live a life that matters, not just now, but forever. And as we worship you now, as we sing about how big you are, uh, we pray that we, you would you would meet us. And we pray you'd use these tithes, these gifts, these offerings to release an epic movement here at Rocky Peak and around the world. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. amen.